Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is trending issues in healthcare are also in your home. So the reason I decided to tackle this subject today is because I think that COVID changed the way that we do so many things, and it's in healthcare, and it's also just transitioned into everyday society. There's some big major changes and I just want to talk about it. So let's get into it today, guys. Thanks for joining. One of the coolest things that my husband and I experienced throughout going through sickness during COVID-19 and at the early, early onset of it all was that, (laughs) this is going to sound a little crazy maybe to some of you, but Being able to have a doctor's visit from our living room seemed like a gift. I mean, for us, especially trying to get the best in the cancer field, we were traveling all over the place, several hours. And when you have brain tumors, the pressure and the headaches that my husband was experiencing, these long two plus hour drives were like almost intolerable for him. So what a beautiful gift when, when we actually had the option every so often to have a televisit. I think that's what they were calling it. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that word up. But, um, <laughs> you know, remote visits. It became a thing. And never before was that really... I mean, there was things like these online docs where you can get health tips. I'm not going to name any specifically because, you know, I don't, I don't know the value in a lot of them. Um, but there was that option, which there still is today, but really to take your own physician that you love and have grown to really become accustomed to and liking their way of doing things and just bring them into your very own living room. It was wild. And I mean, I had a little extra advantage just because having a doctorate myself, knowing how to measure things, like she used me for more things than most people would probably be able to do. Um, You know, you don't usually have a practitioner sitting at home where they can say, now do this, do that. And I was able to carry it out and know exactly what they were looking for. That was really beneficial for us. But, um, you know, just the gift of not having to make that trip, not having to plan your whole day. I mean, especially with cancer, there was so many vitamins and drinks and special diet and uh, medications and things that we had to plan out for. If we were going for a you know, we're talking four plus hours in the car because two there, two home and all in between, you know, traffic sometimes made it three and a half hours one way. So when I really think back to that and how much planning had to go into every single trip, plus having to get childcare, plus having to have somebody pick my kids up from school, all of these things. Wow. I mean, the gift in that I just remember being so elated the first time we got to do it, but thinking, you know, how is this really going to work? Is it really going to feel the same? And on a lot of levels, it was, and maybe even a little better for us, just because half the time, by the time my husband got to his visit, he was wiped out. He couldn't really demonstrate how much strength he had going on in his muscles and, you know, his energy level and all these things were altered already by the time of the start of the visit. So to not have to wear himself out right before getting measured, strength tested, all these things was really wonderful. But, um, you know, it has its downfalls. 
So I wanted to get into that a little bit so that you can understand because a lot of the times it's easy to stand on the outside and look in and say, well, why don't we just make that the new norm? And well, there's a couple things I want to talk about today. One is that this is actually starting to become a new norm. And two is really getting into the dirt on is it beneficial or not. And I think this could even cross into for all of you employers out there who are wondering about whether they should be getting their employees back in office or not. Like I'm sure there's some similar um, considerations involved here. So let's get right into this. So for me, as I said, I'm a healthcare provider as well. So for me, it was really convenient and like there was but there were still limitations even for me so i feel like when it came to especially testing if you're strength testing and all that stuff the average person really can't do that um that is just something we were blessed to have me have that skill in but even still between myself and his physician very different right so what i would consider a four plus out of five she might consider a four out of five there's subjectiveness there and it's not meant to be subjective it's actually meant to be an objective measurement so i could do it my assistant could do it another therapist could do it the doctor could do it and there should be consistency because there's guidelines around what dictates a four out of five versus a four plus one might be a full range of motion with slight um, resistance, um, you know, things like that. Like there's a, there's a qualifying ability to these, but I think when you really look at real life practices, that stuff falls by the wayside, but it doesn't really matter that much because if I'm always the measuring doctor, I'm always the one measuring it. My four plus is my four plus across the board. I don't change that. So if somebody makes their way up to a five out of five, that's consistent. The problem lies where my four plus out of five and someone else's four plus out of five are just like the littlest bit different and you're needing to really monitor progress. So that was a little tricky to maneuver. But that aside, guess what your doctor is constantly doing that you might not be aware of? They're observing. That's one of the things we're taught in practice is to take it all in. Like they're watching how you move. They're listening to how you talk. They're smelling your breath potentially to like figure out whether or not, let's say, you know, you have a diabetic issue or um, whether you have proper saliva and are able to swallow. They're looking at if you have dry eyes or if they're a little bloodshot, like things that you, these details and minute things that you can't always tell on a video screen. You know, what if your ankle is just below where the screen goes and they can't see that they're swelling and you just started a medication that could have a side effect like that? So this is where it gets challenging. And from, you know, from a practitioner point of view, you have to ask the right questions. You know, you have to say to them, can you scan down so I can see what your feet look like? Have you been experiencing your shoes feeling a little tighter? You know, have you been sweating at all? They might not even recognize these symptoms in themselves. And usually when you're in person, you can see them. But, you know, there's a disadvantage is all I'm saying. There are a few disadvantages. Um, and I think people can, not that people intentionally are sneaky, but I do think sometimes we kind of cover up our imperfections and flaws. And, you know, we know this from social media that, you know, everything's not a perfect Instagram moment, right? That's not real life. 
but that is what people will put on the screen. So I have noticed where people purposely don't show certain things. But let's talk about an advantage in that same idea and that same thing. So when I have somebody sitting in my office, I can ask them about if they have different things that might pose, you know, a, a threat to their balance or stability within the house. And they could say, oh, no, 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 everything's fine, you know, accessible, whatever. But then if I got to see a video from them inside their home, I might see that they have two little dogs that are running around at their feet. I might see that they actually have a collection of boxes around every corner and that's what they're holding on to for balance and stability when really that is not a stable thing to hold on to. I might be able to observe things like that that I wouldn't be able to otherwise see. So there's benefits there. <laughs> so you're seeing where this go, this tug of war, there's some advantages and there's some disadvantages. I'm, I would suggest, and I think a beautiful transition for future in medicine would be a blend. So sometimes, like maybe every other visit is at home and every other visit you come in so that they can make sure they're checking in on some of these things. But seeing the inside of somebody's home and allowing them to relax and be in their own environment for a visit has pros as well. So it's like, you know, I think that any practitioner wants to get somebody in through the door and you know, I don't know what that is. I, maybe that's our own sense of filling a schedule and busyness or whatever, not liking, you know, how computers can have glitches and things that can screw up your whole day, or I don't know why. But I think there's advantages on both sides. So I'm open to both. I am not standing firm on one or the other. I'm just pointing out some of the things to consider if you're going one way or the other. But I think it's really interesting that this is where things are trending now you know, that it's more common, like some places have continued to offer this service. And I'm wondering it, if it's because they noticed those things as well, that there's a little, I don't know, upside, I guess, to being able to see it from, you know, what their environment really looks like versus what they're communicating their environment looks like, because they don't know what they don't know. You know, it's like, have you ever watched somebody get up out of a wheelchair to, and then grab onto a walker to start going? the most dangerous thing a person can do is to grab onto that walker and try to pull themselves up. But I saw it all the time as a practitioner. And then I'd have to teach them, listen, this isn't how you do it. Here's why it can topple over on top of you and this and that. But, you know, without seeing that firsthand, I wouldn't have known, you know, I would have no idea that they had this huge threat to their stability. And if I asked them, about how they were transferring and all of this stuff, they wouldn't have known enough to report that this was a problem, right? They didn't have that education. That's what I'm there for. So, you know, in a physical therapy point of view, we do something called SOAP notes, which just stands for subjective. That means I'm asking the questions. Um, objective, which means I got to get some objective data. I can talk about what I see. I can talk about what I can measure, strength and sensation and, you know, all of these different, you know, nerve patterns and things like that. Objective stuff that you can write down and remeasure so that you know if there's been progress. Then we would do an assessment, which is kind of like now I'm going to translate what I just got into what I think is happening, right? And then a plan, the P. Um, 
is to set up a plan. You know, how many weeks is this going to last? You know, of treatment do they need? And all of these different things. So anyway, the reason I bring this up again is because when you're having somebody at home, I would say for an initial evaluation, there's so much benefit to that happening in person in an office where, like I said before, you can use all of your senses, your sense of touch, smell, you know, even hearing. I mean, somebody could have a a torn meniscus and there's this popping sound that happens every time. But if they're on a screen, I wouldn't hear that. I wouldn't know what's going on. Uh, There's just advantages to in-person, especially when you're starting off a relationship. And I've never been witness to seeing somebody having that first visit online, but I would caution against that only because I think there's so much to be gained from being in person. And as a patient, I'm just letting you know that if your doctor's asking you questions, tell them everything. (laughs) You know, just be an open book because so often we almost play doctor ourselves and weed out what we think's the important information versus what's not. We feel like we might be talking too much or, but there's advantage for their doctor to know all these things. And when I say that, I mean, Some people like to filter it out also because there's things they already know they won't change and their doctor might not like. But it's important they're still in the loop. Because let's say you take this bizarre mushroom that has, you know, they've been using in these other countries and getting these great benefits for all these years and and you're going to use that no matter what they say. You know that's helping your eyesight and you're not going to change it. And that's that. So when they ask about what I'm taking, it's not a medication. It's natural. I'm not going to mention it. Uh, So here's the thing. When we talk supplements, mushrooms, um, tinctures, all these things, they actually have incredible, incredible power to change major chemical things within your body. But what's not happening is regulation over these things. So you don't always know exactly how much to take of it. You don't always get like an exact same amount every time and in every measured quantity. It's And they haven't necessarily tested them against every different medication out there. There's a lot of variables. I mean, even if you're gonna stand firm, communicate that with your doctor. Just say, I understand that this might be something that you're going to want me to stop. I just want you to know I'm taking it. I thought about not even telling you about it, but I wanted you to know I had it in my body and in my system. Now, they can then have a communication with you and let you know just what it might be interfering with or, you know, the the risks involved if you're combining it with something else they're about to start you on, all these things. And then even then, it's your decision in the end in your body, but like you want to make an educated decision. So I know I've spoken on this before in a past episode. I just wanted to make a little side note on that. But um, yeah, so just be an open book in those visits and, and just like information dump is a good thing and they'll even let you know if you're going too deep into some details they don't even need to know about or if they want you to tell them a little more on it. So it's just really helpful to be transparent in the best of ways. So back to this in office or at home, you know, I remember the two of us being so grateful that we didn't have to drive anywhere. That part was just a gift in and of itself. But then there's There's other things that'll come up where 
you know, we're just not trained to do what they do. Um, I'll take the example of like my husband's vision was definitely depleting after he had pressure building up in his head. Um, this is another, I need to get into a whole podcast episode just on cranial shunts. Uh, but basically those can drain that out. And if we had done it sooner, his vision would have been likely saved, but I mean, even still, who knows? But, um, at any rate, the reason that I'm getting into this is because we had vision tests that we had to perform for him to see, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? And yeah, COVID was a bit of a bugger because at first it was like, I don't know if you all remember this, but I'll never forget because I mean, you can't be in the middle of a cancer treatment and not remember this. So we had been blessed to have his brain surgeries right pre, pre, pre COVID like dumping on our laps here in the United States. Um, I remember that the guy that shared a room with my husband after oh, his surgeries, let me just tell you this, he had his first surgery on Valentine's Day. He had his next surgery on my birthday. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. So not planned, just total coincidence, and we weren't about to schedule around things like that. We just went with it. So um, anyway, the reason I bring this up is that on my birthday, I remember that was like, um, you know, right in the thick of when no one knew like what this is. So, okay. So back up. So the first surgery he had was Valentine. No, the first one was actually January. Um, January might've been when it first was getting discussed. Cause we thought this guy was out of his mind. He was going on and on about some monkeys in China having some disease and it was coming and my husband and I were looking at each other with like, you know, we, this is just our personality anyway, but we kind of had a funny like smirk thinking like we could read each other's thoughts. Like we both knew what the other was thinking. We were just thinking this guy was out of his mind. The medications they had him on, he's crazy. I mean, he seemed like this super educated businessman. He was an older gentleman in his, I mean, I would probably guess actually he was probably in his seventies. I think he still had his hand in some business, but he was like retired and anyway um <laughs> some of the stuff he said it did made us question like how much was like still going straight in his own mind and how much was getting all twisted up with medications but we thought every time he brought this up he's out of his mind this is not happening you know like he's crazy and then he <laughs> fast forward right we all know but by may like early may end of april the world, well, even in March, but things were shutting down is the whole point. And they were trying not to get people like my husband who had all of these crazy cancers and high risk individuals coming in and out of the hospital all the time because they knew the risk for him getting sick was much higher than for your average person um, whose immune system was working, you know, full functioning and everything. So yeah, so they, um, allowed us to have him stay home for as many visits as we could. Obviously, to get the shunt in, he had to go into office, but I actually had to sit rooftop in my car with my kids for like six hours plus, you know, on my birthday, waiting for him to come out of his surgery, just to be told that he had to be held overnight anyway. So, you know, these things happen, but by the end, 
there was just so many times that like if we were given the opportunity we were raising our hand yes we would like a remote visit that's perfect <laughs> like thank you um and you know and it was a scary time and when you don't know things like what covid is really going to do it's better to err on the side of caution you know it was better for our anxiety we've talked on this podcast about cortisol and the stress hormone it was not worth it for us to put ourselves at risk especially with me being able to help out at home and really give a clear picture of what was going on to her um and then eventually we swapped things to a closer hospital anyway for follow-up care and you know it got a little easier but i have noticed that there is a new trend now um you know people more and more are wanting to do everything from home so this you know it hasn't changed i'm pulling up real quick if you're hearing me tick 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 i want i took a picture of this earlier today and it is hold on here all right so what it is is i was looking at things that are trending right now in medicine and what you know every what the whole talk is about and this says that the health industry is continuously evolving and so is digital and it was talking about how as everything is expanding more let's see that is that more and more people are turning to this digital healthcare as the new normal so that was the the main draw about why i really wanted to get into this because when you think of this as a norm it's it's a little frightening because other things that have like when things like this happen like healthcare could evolve forever this could change the way that healthcare is done indefinitely and that to me you know just takes a bit more thought before we go down that path because as i was telling you before the things that could be missed are enormous but also what <laughs> it's putting a lot of onus on the the practitioner already has all of these liabilities, right? And now you've got your you're not even able to physically touch the person that you're evaluating. You're not able to look and observe. And yet then your decisions that you make based upon what you can get in this digital online world for information, you're having to make your best guess assumption over what's going to be best for their wellness. That frightens me a bit. um because the weight in that is huge and i'm not just talking about the liability that the doctors taking on although that's a whole another issue and you know will people continue to sign up to be putting themselves in these roles will we have a shortage you know all that stuff there's a lot of layers to this but i'm saying even just uh the risk that it puts the patient you <laughs> at you know i mean there's a lot of things that they're going to just draw conclusions on and um, make assumptions about and i think that list grows when you're not even in an office um you only have so much time and then not to say that like this is always the case right you have a half hour visit or whatever that's what it should be limited to but we all know how that goes when somebody is in my office if they're still needing more i spend more with them and not all doctors do that but like i would keep them a little longer if need be to make sure i got the information i needed 
But what happens if their productivity is being tracked by a digital world? And now the you know that computer is saying exactly when I shut down that camera and moved on to my next patient. And my boss has that and is monitoring that. And I'm being maybe even reimbursed upon that or, you know, for billing purposes. And um, I don't want to get into all these like codes and things, but like it could alter everything in the way that people are practicing. And sometimes you do need five more minutes in order to get the clear picture or make the safe decision or the best decision for your patient. And I just would not want to see all of that change and shift because of this new, it's almost like having, you know, the the boss leaning over your shoulder all the time. But, you know, it, these are probably recorded visits. And I got to think it's going to change the way people practice. But I would caution you about thinking that that's to your interest. Because I think to the contrary, I don't think that, I mean in my experience that most doctors are are acting for the best interest of their patients. They're doing, you know, their treatments to be in your best interest, to the good of the patient. But what I'm saying is, if you're being recorded, are you, I don't know how to best put this, but like I would think human nature sometimes is gonna make somebody edit how they speak. And I don't want, as a patient, the edited version of my doctor's opinion because he knows he's being recorded. And No, tell me like it is. Tell me like I am your very own child and what you would advise them to do. And don't be afraid of the liability of that because there's a camera right now recording you. Does that make sense? Like, it's funny, but like the way things have shifted now, everybody's so worried about their own, you know, liability and things. Everybody's so quick to sue and so quick to like you know, bring all of these lawsuits on the stupidest of things and point a finger at somebody for it's their fault and they told me this and that. And now you throw a camera on a visit and I'm just saying, I I don't want that. I don't want my doctor acting as if I want them acting as they are. I want authenticity. I want real answers. I want you to tell me what you would tell your own wife to do in this situation. I want you to be brutally honest, swear if you want to, I don't care, I want the real thing. That's what I probably based my decision on, like as far as choosing this person as my doctor to begin with, is that I probably connected with them on some level, whether it be because they weren't afraid to tell me a story about their grandkid, even if it took five extra minutes in the visit, or maybe it was because they you know, broke it down for me and said, hey, listen, you could continue to do this, but let me tell you the risks or whatever. But they might not be so inclined to do that in the digital world. And that stinks too. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've never been like so on the fence. But um, when I come back, I want to get into a few more little hot topics on this subject. So I'm about to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. Hey, everybody. Um, I know a lot of you right now are going through tough losses in your life. It seems to me that there's like a lot of that going on around me. Um, people losing pets, people losing loved ones. And there's something that I wish I knew about when I lost my husband. And I always want to pay it forward and let you know that this exists. It's something called Eternova. I am actually an affiliate for them now because I found them. I love them and I want to just keep passing them on to people. 
They can create beautiful, real diamonds from your loved ones, either ashes or hair, which I find amazing because a lot of us think that jewelry options like that are not a possibility if our loved one was buried and not cremated, but it is an option. And I'm going to put my affiliate link in the description from today's episode. So that way, if you want more information, you can click on it and find it. All right, guys, back to the show. Okay, guys, so here it is. I know that the title of today's episode wasn't just about what's trending in healthcare, but about how it is also in your home. So here it is. This is what's very interesting is that everything that's been going on in the healthcare world, I see it in my everyday as well. We started out as, well, you know what? There's pros and cons on both, as always. But uh, we used to be in offices so much more. We used to be in doctor's offices, in our workplace more, in schools more, and this trend is just spreading. It's society-wide that we just now have this desire to stay home, be with our loved ones, appreciate what we have at home and spend more time around it, which is wonderful, but is there a detriment that comes along with it? And I, you know, I do think that we're bordering on it You know, um, I know people that have continued to keep their kids educated from home after COVID happened. You know, they liked that remote way and they've stayed with it. And socially speaking, it has its downfalls too. Um, You have to make a much more concerted effort to make sure your kids stay involved in all of these outside things. Um, There's more and more people who are splitting their workday partially in office partially at home, you know, some kind of blend therein, or like, you know, some people are just purely working from home. And if their employer won't allow for that, then they're finding a new workplace. You know, there's a big trend for this. So everything seems to be moving more and more to the digital world, do it from the comfort of your own home. And I think more and more companies are realizing that's what people want and trying to cater to that. You know, so where where do we draw the line and are we getting out enough? I mean, even my kids have now turned back to <laughs> computers again, which like I thought we'd finally broken free of this. And then as soon as this whole COVID-19 um, remote schooling and everything happened, they got back into their computers and the outdoor time has suffered because of it. You know, they really love that ability to just communicate with friends from their laptop, their iPad, whatever, you know, and they don't necessarily feel like engaging in person as much. And that's not good. (laughs) You know, every single thing we do seems to be online now. I mean, social media, it's just that, right? It is, it's like we're being social, but sort of, right? We're being social behind a screen. We're putting these images up that make it look like our life is perfect and all put together. And what's that do? It just creates insecurities in others. It makes them think that, you know, wow, look, they're always on some cool hike, bike trip, whatever, having these great moments at the lake and whatever. But that is not it. You didn't see that, you know, 45 minutes of struggle to get the sunscreen on and the bathing suits on and all the stuff packed up and then this and that, you know, I mean, you, you get to see this blip of a thing and it, it's just, it's disappointing almost. Um, I just heard a story about somebody who was 
what was it? They were at a beach, I think it was. Yeah, the kid was like begging the mother to get in the water with him and just play and splash around. And the mom was so trying to set up her perfect Instagram picture. She spent like the entire time on her phone talking to a friend, setting up the perfect scene while the kid ended up just playing on their own without the experience of getting any time with their mom. But then the mom managed to cap- managed to capture this picture with them in their perfectly matched outfits and done hair and whatever and made it look like, oh my gosh, I'm playing in the sand with my daughter when in reality, you know, maybe a speck of time was even spent speaking to or with their head off their phone and, you know, out of social media to engage with their child. So is that what we're molding our lives and feeling so insecure about, like, not having, you know what I mean? Like, when really, even if you are a bit of a, like, a distressed-looking mom that, like, has, you know, your hair is not done, thrown up in a knot on top of your head, you're not wearing some cute, matchy-matchy outfit, your kid's wearing the same bathing suit they wore yesterday because you haven't had time to do the laundry, and, you know, you grab the sand toys, and it's dumping sand all over the car seat and like the reality of it that's every parent there's not like it is not as though anybody has this figured out oh so perfectly you know what I mean and until you really like get out there and start doing it you're not even going to see this for yourself you're just going to continue to watch social media pictures and scroll through them and think oh my gosh everyone else has it so much more put together my poor kid's been stuck in this hot sweaty house all day and their kid's been you know out there paddle boarding and whatever I just don't believe it to be so. I think we all have our struggles, and I think that the beautiful and terrible thing of social media is that it can paint this picture of perfectness, right? It's like, great, it can give you that own, your own boost of feeling like, you know, confident, but it's it, in what what's to um, be sacrificed, right? Everybody else that looks at it feeling worse about themselves it's not good like do you really want to post some picture that first off we all know isn't real it's not the way it went down just to make yourself feel good for a few seconds and get a whole bunch of loves and likes and how beautiful your family is and then make 30 50 75 100 people feel terrible about their own situation it's ridiculous like I'd rather see you the big disaster and struggling but still somehow dragging that wagon down to the beach and making it happen for your kids like so what if you forgot the perfectly cut up veggie snacks and you don't have that but you you know you grab some goldfish on the way out the door it's not nobody has it all figured out there's just it's impossible standards that we set for ourselves and the digital world is just adding to this problem you know, it's so easy to look at everybody else and think they've got it so put together and feel so inadequate, which is ridiculous. So, you know, what then? <laughs> Where do we draw our lines? You know, and I love the idea of more people working from home, but um, yeah, downfalls there too. As an employer, I know there's wonders of like, do I have as much of their time and attention? Are they distracted because? Now they're not sending their kids to daycare because they figure, oh, I can just be home with them. And But yet, really, like now they're both parenting and working at the same time, you know? And so it's like you're not getting as much of your, out of your employee anymore. I know that that's a thought for sure. Um, there's so many different things. But, 
you know, a lot of people argue I work so much harder from home, you know, because I don't have to waste the time. I'm not getting all makeup on and hair fancy and nice outfit or driving and commuting. Like I'm literally already up and on my computer with my coffee in hand and my t-shirt and shorts or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm already working before I would have even arrived at the office. And that's a valid argument too. And not to mention if you're more well-balanced and happy and have some time with your family, you're going to be a better, more productive worker. But, you know, and now some of these bigger companies are starting to catch on and you know, cities aren't loving that people aren't riding the bus systems and the trains as much anymore. They're not going to the restaurants. So they're starting to put pressure on employers to have to get their people back to work. And, you know, then they're at risk of losing employees. This whole trickle down effect. But this is like, these are the changes over time. This is how they happen. You know, you look back and go, oh my gosh, look how far we've come since the 20s. Well, all of these things have had to like, at some point, some major thing has ever happened that shifts everything. And this might just be another moment in time like that that we're living through where we're going to see ourselves come out totally different on the opposite side, all because of this one disease, sickness. I don't know whether they call COVID-19 a disease, I guess. Yeah, I guess a virus would be considered a disease. But, you know, like this will be that turning point for us. And it's this is the head scratching time in history. And I think every time there's been a big shift and change, you have to go through this. But like where you just sit back and say, all right, are we moving towards a direction that we all want or not? Is this the direction we want our future to be? Ugh, I don't know. I certainly love the idea of families putting family first. And I speak on this all the time. My young, my um, oldest constantly pressuring that, you know, the work week is too long. The weekends are too short. He's not wrong. He's absolutely right. But like the idea of giving that flexibility back to people. So wouldn't it be great? You know, I think it'd be beautiful if we could work from like, if you want to work from four to seven and then take a two hour break to have dinner with your family, do put the kids to bed, do, 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 do all these things, and then go back from nine to 11. It just works better for your schedule than it does to be, you know, the nine to five or whatever, to be able to come and go. And that's cool too. I love that idea. I mean, I love the idea of living and fitting work around it. You know, I mean, that's beautiful, but it's not it's not the way for every industry, but it's interesting that every industry is now dipping their toes in this and trying to figure out how they can make it work to their advantage, you know? I mean, pretty soon they're going to be trying to figure out how to clean my teeth from the comfort of my own home, I think. <laughs> it is true. I mean, I'm being a little ridiculous about it, but it's true. Like, they're they're trying so hard to do this with everything now. I mean... What else did I, I had some visits recently. I mean, anything that used to be in person is now almost entirely at home, like meeting with an insurance agent or a CPA or a tax person. I mean, almost all this stuff, it's like you barely even go in anymore. People would rather like, cause they don't want to go in anymore. They don't want, what, like, why are they even renting office space? You know, things like that. There's so much to consider. And I just don't know if we often enough think especially around the healthcare piece because all I can think about when I'm granted the opportunity to stay at home is like what a gift that is but 
looking at the other side of it. So that's why I wanted to bring all this to your attention today to just start thinking like next time you're really excited about an opportunity like that, like to be able to stay at home and have an experience, what will you be missing? I mean, even buying cars for a while, they were driving them to your house so you could test them out, so you could sit in it and all this stuff. When COVID was happening, people just weren't even going for things like that anymore. Our groceries were getting delivered uh, for us and now what? I mean, some of it has continued and people just continue to like that convenience and, you know, to each their own. But I still like to see if my fruit is bruised, if my meat has the right amount of fat in it and all those details. It's ridiculous, I know. But, like, I like that stuff. That stuff's important to me. And you're just going to have to figure it out for yourself was what's important to you, you know? Is it more important to you to not have to make that long car trip and be exhausted and weak by the time you get to your visit or is it more important to you to like be able to have your doctor touch feel see smell and really know the whole big picture before they you know make a major decision like your the future of your you know health care and medications and other things like that you know what what is it that's going to be your driving force and and going along with that same thing with kids in schools and um, whether or not you choose to send them to a, you know, a far off camp or find one that's, I mean, even that, this is sad, but even that I was recently sent like a soccer training video that my kid could download and do all these things to, to get trained right from home. So we didn't have to go to camp. Uh, I don't know. To me, there's just something about fresh air, I guess. <laughs> Call me old fashioned, but I just, I don't know. How far is too far? That's the question of the day. It's what I'm pondering and and I'm just bringing a little light to the other side of it for you so you can always know from the healthcare practitioner side of things, you know, pros and cons, pros and cons. You know, say all day long that it's a better movement towards more time spent with family, but it's going to have its pitfalls, you know, like everything else with the pros come the cons. And then it's just about making those tough decisions as to where you're going to draw your line in the sand. And um, for me, I think up somewhere, and that may just be my life motto, right? Somewhere in the middle lies the beauty. That's how I feel about Eastern and Western medicine as well. And I feel that way about this whole inclination towards at home or in person. I just feel like the blend of the both is beautiful. Too much of anything to me is just too much, you know? Like, don't get your cake and then eat the whole thing. Just be happy to have the piece, right? And then that's an amazing gift. But when you go into abundance zone, be careful, be wary, be just, you know, just be cautious and always, always consider the other side of the fence because there's always another side to everything that we choose. And usually we are a little blinded because we have tunnel vision towards the thing we really want and whatever our own driving force is. You know, I had total tunnel vision with convincing, you know, my husband's doctors that, oh, yeah, it'll be fine and great from us doing it from home. And I had a whole list to support and back up my opinion. But, um, yeah, there were things that I knew we were compromising and giving to do that. But my, I was driven by the just large importance for us to have what we wanted. So I'm just saying make sure that you're always really honest with yourself 
and uh, if you are sugarcoating things just to get your way, like you really just don't want that commute into work anymore. So you're trying to convince your, you know, your employer of all the amazing benefits they're going to get from you being at home. Also, just consider one their point of view, but also be sure that you're being honest with yourself and also still giving as much of yourself as you would in an in-person environment. You know what I mean? And when you have those healthcare appointments and you are, you know, fortunate to have one that is remote, just make sure that you are very forthcoming with your doctor about what your environment at home looks like. Seeing it from the doctor's point of view will help you realize what they might be looking for, you know? And just being real forthcoming with all of that stuff, and then maybe you can get the best of both worlds. So guys, thanks for joining me on this topic today. It's a hot topic in medicine, and it's a hot topic in your own home. And just let me know. You can always drop some comments. Let me know how this has affected you and your world because, you know, obviously it's a trending topic for a reason. So I look forward to hearing it, guys, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again for joining.